This is the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard, walking you through all the steps you need to train the perfect puppy for your lifestyle. For the average dog owner, seeing a dog interact with other dogs is a really lovely experience, especially if it goes successfully and you really understand what is happening when your dog is interacting with other dogs. But for the dogs of the average owner and for the majority of dogs, most dogs shouldn't be interacting with dogs. The main reason why dog fights happen is because of incorrect socialization and 95% of dogs being unsocialized. And I don't care what anyone says, the majority of dogs should not be interacting with other dogs. Most owners don't have control over their dogs. It's very unsafe and safety and control is never the priority when you go to the local dog park. In this episode, I want to talk to you about the four steps to successful dog interactions. And this is a step-by-step process that isn't going to take four weeks or four months. This is going to be a lifestyle change that you need to adopt and it may take well over a year for your dog to be ready for successful dog interactions. Now, before we dive into it, and I will be covering a little bit of this, episode 18 talks about successfully socializing your puppy to the environment and to dogs and to people. And this will be one of the steps that we talk about in this episode. So let's dive into it. So step one of the four steps to successful dog interactions is engagement. And as I'll quote um, an amazing trainer that I train under and loads of other trainers, they'll say engagement is king. Engagement is everything. And the engagement I'm talking about is the engagement of wanting and the desire to engage with you, to interact with you, your dog's desire to interact and be with you. Now, engagement, although it is amazing and it's your dogs wanting to be with you all the time or like healthily wanting to be with you, it also means that you've got full control over your dog and you can recall your dog from anything and everything. Because I always say a recall is only successful if your dog wants to be with you and if you are better than the environment. A recall is only needed because your dog has a desire to run away. Now, that's obviously a whole other podcast, but engagement does mean control. And once you've got full engagement and when your dog is ready to be off lead, which I say takes a solid year to achieve and it should never be rushed. The majority of owners rush this step and it should never, ever be rushed. If you ever want your dog to interact with other dogs, this is your biggest and most important step. And if you rush this step, you will never have a dog that is properly socialized and ready to interact with dogs. Now, that's not to say you should never let your dog interact with dogs if you don't have this, because most dogs do, but they're not going to understand other dogs and you'll have control over them you'll be waiting half an hour for your dog to finally stop and be exhausted enough to come back because your dog's run off with another dog 
Engagement means that you've got full control and safety is your number one priority. And also it's just fun. We got we get dogs to be with us and why wouldn't you want to engage with them? Engagement also consists of fully understanding your dog. What do they like? What don't they like? What stresses them out? Do you understand their body language when they're nervous, when they're stressed? Do you understand the types of corrections they might give? For example, Tiggy, she will never snap. She'll never growl. She has to be pushed massively in order to get that kind of correction from her. And usually it might just be a look. And that is so subtle. And the majority of owners and dogs will completely disregard that correction from her. But I understand it because I've got that engagement. I spent a y- over a year learning her language and her um, how she interacts with the environment and the world. And I fully understand my dog because I've got solid engagement. And I know if she's dressed in any way, she's going to come to me first. Are they a resource guarder? Are they a resource guarder around other dogs? Is playing ball when they eventually are ready to interact with dogs the best idea you need to fully understand every inch of your dog and have control over these little things that they might get nervous of or stressed around or guarding around in order to move on to the next step this four-step process is one of those steps that you need to complete fully step one before you can move on to step two and engagement in loads of environments takes about a year now obviously it doesn't factor in genetics and other things that might contribute it if you've dealt with reactivity for a year then you might need reactivity to solve it and then work on engagement and then work on all the other steps is your dog nervous does this um, affect everything else is engagement going to take longer to build up because your dog is so disengaged with you And are they more engaged with the environment because you've let them have that freedom? All these things build up to how long engagement will take. So give yourself a year, commit for a year. And if it takes longer, well, you've been at it for a year already. So another six months isn't going to be a big deal. And this is what the lifestyle shift I'm talking about. That engagement isn't this behavior that you achieve. It's a lifestyle you adopt that comes with adopting a, or rescuing or whatever a puppy. And in the background, you will hear Tiggy <laughs> sleeping, not engaging with me. Engagement is a very, very important lifestyle. And is exactly that. It's not behavior. It's a lifestyle change that you need to adopt in order to successfully achieve it and if you do not want to achieve it then you won't be able to have all these amazing wonderful like adventures with your dog because there won't be any control and you'll be more restrictive about where you can go because if your dog's reacting to every person or running up to every picnic well then you can't go to parks in the summer you can't go to your child's football game because your dog just wants to react to the ball and all the kids running and just wants to play with them. And although these aren't bad traits, they can be quite discomforting 
for you to deal with every day. I know one of my clients, um, their dog would bark constantly. And this really affected them to the point where they had to keep sending their dog to daycare where they didn't want to because they couldn't work. And now they've got engagement. They know how to handle their dog. They've built up that relationship with them. And now the dog doesn't have to go to daycare because they've been able to understand their dog, be able to eliminate the bad behaviors and build that important relationship. And yes, engagement also means eliminating bad behaviors because you need to remove the bad behaviors whilst also building engagement and all these other factors come in. But it is a very important lifestyle change that you and your dog you need to have this bond before you can let your dog have fun, you know, and have this freedom to just run and run and run. It's not possible unless you've got the safety aspect of that. And episode five talks about building engagement and maintaining engagement. So I'd recommend going and listening to that. But once you've got engagement or during building engagement, you also need to work on step two, which is neutrality. Your dog needs to be neutral to everything. It needs to be a a zero, a level zero to everything in terms of there's no push and pull effect. They're not going to be wanting to lunge at anything. They're not going to be terrified and trying to get away from anything. And again, genetics and other factors play a huge role in how fast you can achieve neutrality and how neutral they can truly be. But whilst building engagement, you need to be working on neutrality. Your dog should not have a desire to pull and lunge every single dog because then your dog isn't ready for interactions because your dog won't be socialized. Neutrality is key in order to have successful dog interactions and if you treat your dog's reactions or um, how they yeah how they react to anything like a temperature gauge well as you know from the temperature gauge the red line goes up and up and up and when they hit level 100 well that's a fight waiting to happen and if your dog it goes into red zone it's too hot it's like 100 degrees and that's when the temperature gauge breaks and or the lead, you know, if the, you think of like the temperature gauge are like a lead, the lead breaks um, and it gets too hot. And in for dogs, that means dog fight. So if your dog isn't neutral and starting at a level zero and they're starting at a level 50, well, they only need to go up 50 other steps to get to a dog fight. Now, again, genetics play a huge role. A dog that may not get into a fight um, because they're not interested in it or they usually back off by that time they um, they yeah they'll back off and they don't really want to engage or defend themselves or whatnot cool and that's not to be brushed off because they might also start a fight because they're too pushy and the dog has told them go away and they've still kept at it but if your dog is starting at level 50 that's a very unsocialized dog now like i said genetics play a massive factor i've got a friend who has got you know pretty much full control over their dog the dog is really neutral but 
when they're off lead with the other dogs, they can't play together because they've got two very high drive dogs. So naturally, genetically, they're going to be starting at a level 50. And it takes literally a couple of steps and they're at level 100 and there's a fight waiting to happen. So the only time, they'll never be able to play together. They'll only be able to coexist together, which is step three and we'll talk about that. But they are working so hard on neutrality between each other in the household and these are two dogs from the same household because if we look at it as a temperature gauge they're starting way too high the excitement's way too high and they can't bring that down unless they actively practice that and play it takes seconds before the dog is at a level 70 80 90 fight and when that fight happens if they haven't got full control because of how you know high drive they are, then those dogs, especially because of the breed they are, they can kill each other. And that's how serious it is. And I love this analogy of a temperature gauge because, yes, these dogs are very high drive, but it can happen to any dog. And that's why dog fights happen so regularly because no one's got control, no one's got engagement. And then once they don't have engagement, they also don't have neutrality. So you've got a level, like, level 50 dogs all over the gap. There's 50, level 50 dogs. And that's why, and I'll talk about this in another episode, but why daycares are a massive place for dog fights or dog parks because there's no neutrality. It's all excitement, excitement, excitement. And excitement, it doesn't take long for excitement to be aggression and dog fights. And a dog that's very obsessive or everything else, they're going to start higher naturally. A neutral dog, that's going to start at level zero. Maximum like a level 10 and it will go up slower because the excitement's not there. And because you've got engagement, because an engaged dog is also pretty neutral, well then you've got, you know, full full safety over the dog. You've got full control and the dog's neutral. So if it keeps going up, you can cap it very quickly. And it's brilliant because these two things together, they go hand in hand. And they're two of the most important behaviours you need because a recall, that's for safety of everything. You know, loosely walking, that's nothing in comparison to recall. Once you've got, and recall is a byproduct of engagement, and then correct socialisation, a neutral dog who knows how to behave in public two things so important and you need both these steps solid which does take because they are part of the fundamentals a good year and that's from when you start it and if your dog's not already neutral then it's going to take longer than a year i mean i've been working tiggy was pretty reactive i mean she wasn't the worst but she was reactive and it's taken us a good year to get engagement and now we're probably using another year just to get fully neutral fully confident every situation and she's doing amazing absolutely amazing can't fault her new ep- a whole other episode on just our updates on dog training because they're so going so so well at the moment but i've worked so so hard on these two steps level you know and these are this is just safety right now and if you don't get past step two to step three and four step three and four that's bonus but these two steps 
that is what you need to aim for. Now, step three, coexisting. Now, once your dog is neutral and they don't care, they can then coexist with other neutral, ready to coexist dogs. Coexisting just means practicing normal dog behaviors in the presence of another dog with maybe a bit more freedom. It also means practicing calmness indoors and in public spaces such as pubs and restaurants. And it's basically neutrality with a bit more freedom. All dogs can coexist together, but not all dogs can play together. So when you talk about my friend who's got the very two very high drive dogs, they'll only ever get to stage three and they have to perfect stage three, which they haven't yet. They're working on it. And they've said it. I don't think I'll ever get to stage four because the the drive, the temperature gauge, it's too high already. Naturally, genetically, it's so hard to bring a genetically high drive dog down to a complete zero. Now, that's not to say your dog can't be neutral and a zero, like they can be, but when there's a bit more freedom, when there's balls around, when there's freedom, the, naturally the excitement goes up. And that's why you need total neutrality of a dog that just doesn't care because they need to have that neutrality and virtually impulse control to not want to instantly play with the dog and want to engage with you. So we back chain the steps and it's like, okay, my owner has the balls, has the food, has all the amazing high drivey stuff that I need to fulfill myself. Great. Okay. There's a dog there. I'm going to, I'm neutral enough that there's no meaning to that dog or there was a meaning, but now I've got that impulse control and I'm not going to seek all these things, all the play and whatever with this dog. I'm going to look at my owner now. So there's a hierarchy in the sense that my owner is more interesting the dog doesn't matter. Then they coexist. So you've got another dog who's got full engagement with their owner, full neutral. And now you basically take the leads off or long lines on. The excitement naturally goes higher because with a bit more freedom, naturally the excitement's higher. And there might be a game of fetch. And that game of fetch, that forest walk, whatever, they might be running around sniffing things but there's, they're neutral. They don't care about interacting with together. They might pass each other and have a little sniff, but otherwise, overall, they're focused on their owner. And with high-drive dogs or dogs that are a little bit of a risk because of their genetics, this is the most important step in order to have a really harmonious household. And this is very, very important with multiple dogs in a household most again go straight to playtime oh they love each other oh no they need to coexist they don't need to love each other and like i said all dogs can coexist so you might have your friend might have a chihuahua and you might have a great big great dane or german shepherd or really big dog who is not going to be compatible with the chihuahua they can be in the same household that's absolutely fine you know you might have a smaller dog who's got the the drive and the right temperament for the bigger dog but you also need to think okay that shepherd who likes to resource guard his bull for example because it happens if you've got a working line shepherd 
will who's gonna win like you know that small dog needs to really truly understand corrections because if you aren't watching them straight away and it takes a second for say a dog to correct its ball um to to correct a dog over the ball or food or whatever that small dog needs to understand because if they keep pushing that that shepherd or whoever i mean it doesn't even have to be shepherd i'm just saying that because all my friends have shepherds and they're all working and um they usually all um possessive overboard because of their genetics but that bigger dog if they try and correct the smaller dog and that small dog doesn't listen well that big dog's gonna have him and now that's not to say even small dogs can't do damage but it's so important to find that compatibility with the play and that's why i'm saying all dogs can coexist a chihuahua and a great dane or a shepherd or big dogs galore golden retriever whatever they can all coexist they can all be neutral together off lead um be really you know lovely harmonious that's a word again um household but not all dogs can play together because the chihuahua that's going to be better suited for another chihuahua or another small dog a Great Dane is going to be better suited for another Great Dane or another big dog. Um, and that's why, step four, that takes the longest time. Now, well, it takes a lot of prepping because <laughs> all this is preparing for having a dog interacting with other dogs. But coexisting for a lot of owners is enough because the dog they don't play together that's their choice you know we shouldn't push play 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 because that's very very unnatural but going on a walk with friends your dog can coexist together and want to interact with you every over everything in the presence of another dog that's all it really is it's just like okay a bit more freedom in the presence of another dog and that's lovely to watch that's my favorite i love going on you know driving up seeing friends and then the dogs are all coexisting together and then the leads go back on and there's a bit more structured walk and they're neutral together but as you can see all the steps kind of blend in together because from coexisting it might lead on to play naturally if the dogs are compatible now the final step is what everyone's been looking forward to and that is playtime and the first step is finding compatible playmates now, i've already said a chihuahua and a great dang they're not compatible i was looking um i was with a client and i had tiggy and she had her little mixed dog um pomeranian and a husky lovely little puppy puppy as well so not even fully grown and the way tiggy plays and they were coexisting lovely 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 the way tiggy plays they will never be able to play together and this dog really wanted to, but it, one, the puppy was not ready. And two, Tiggy's play is not compatible with small dogs. Just because she's a little bit of a buffer and she can easily hurt a small dog. And also puppies. If you've got a four-year-old dog wanting to play with your puppy, well, think of joints. Think of running around. How long are they doing it for? A puppy can't disengage. <laughs> it's like very, very hard for a puppy because disengagement, it comes down to neutrality, which I say fundamentals take a year. And not only that, impulse control. It's like, okay, I'm done now. A dog 
playing together should never stop because they're exhausted. If that is happening, then they're playing too much. Or they're very unfit. And they've been playing for like two minutes and now they're exhausted. Engagement is a natural behavior and should be done regularly. And normal dog interactions regularly disengage. And they also like listen to each other (laughs) very well. So ask yourself before or during finding compatible playmates, have you completed all the steps and are you confident this interaction with this dog is going to go smoothly? Do you know and trust this dog? Do you know and trust their owner? Do you know that they've got full control over their dog? And is the dog neutral? Does the dog have to play with this dog in order to settle? If that's the case, no. No way is my dog playing with a dog that has to interact with her. Because that is not natural. Is the dog so obsessive, straining on the lead or straining to anything, barking and lunging? That's not a neutral dog. The dog needs to come in and be totally, I don't care, around your dog and your dog around their dog. And then how many times have you actually met up with this person? Have you gone on structured walks? Have you practiced coexisting? You know, because once you've completed all these steps, this needs to be a regular occurrence of neutrality practice. Your dog should not meet the first dog and then go, okay, let's play. No, they need to practice neutrality a lot. So they see the dog and go, no, you're just another dog. If the first instinct your dog is having is, ooh, dog, play, then your dog is not ready to interact with that dog. Now, a good example, a friend of mine, a different friend, has a Labrador mix, or they think it is, rescue, mixed breed, lovely dog. I think he's about five or six. And um, him and Tiggy are very neutral together. When they first get out of the car, Tiggy does usually sit there, ears back, wiggling her bum and tail, and she's very happy. But there's no, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, let's play, let's play, let's play. It's just like, oh, hi, oh, I've seen you, oh, because we're friends, we we meet up all the time to practice neutrality, and they've not really interacted. And the other day, um, they did interact, they had like a little sniff, and it was very much a quick sniff and walk. And they could walk together. There was no desire to sniff constantly. Because Tiggy doesn't like that. Tiggy doesn't like an obsessive sniffer. If a dog's constantly trying to sniff her rear end, she does not like that dog. And I get very uncomfortable. And she gets very, very uncomfortable. This dog isn't like that. So she's so comfortable with this dog. And I think a lot of the like happy... Because it's not even excitement. It's just like, oh my god, I'm happy. I'm just happy to be there. And she, they can play like around, like with the owner but running around. Tiggy was off lead, and the other dog was on a long line because he, they're working through reactivity training. And she completely just ran past him. He didn't bat an eyelid. She didn't bat an eyelid. Whereas any other dog, the excitement would be too high, and she'd start barking, and the other dog would be like really confused and uncomfortable. But it's not like that. They are perfect together. And if they don't play, like who cares? but they can coexist together, they're neutral together, they're fully engaged with us, with their owners, because we're their number one priority when they look for playtime. And that that is what you need to look for. And it's so lovely watching those two. Um, me and my friend were talking, we were commenting on it. It's like, oh my God, it's so nice. 
when they're trained together because they're so neutral together but they they're so good together like they're neutral but they're like happy neutral where they're so aware of each other and they're just like they're happy they're just like i'm really glad to be training with you and it's so lovely to say it um to see it and we know that if they were to interact it would go so smoothly so buttery smooth it would go yeah very very well and we've got full control and they'd be on long leads and we just know the steps we understand our dogs now on top of that because i did say oh they got out of the car and they were on leads and they interacted say no to on leash greetings because this is like the only time i'd ever allow an on leash greeting to occur on leash greetings 99.99 percent go so badly instantly cause reactivity on leash greeting should only really happen either by accident with another dog so say you're walking two dogs and they like you know sniff each other or something then fine you know there's exceptions to the rule but if you see a dog lunging towards your dog and your dog's lunging no (laughs) no 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 they are so unhealthy for dogs to practice these guys did it simply because they were so neutral and we were walking past and they literally just like sniffed each other and then went on their way and we were walking together anyway and they know each other and we know them and we trust them fully they've never had an issue together that you'd easily be able to put them in the same crate and not bat an island that's how neutral and good together they are but random dogs no 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 on these greetings there is no way a dog who I don't know is greeting my dog on a lead. It creates a fight or flight response. That's why a lot of dogs are reactive on a lead because of barrier frustration. It creates that more fighter response or a flight response. If, some, if a dog comes up to my dog and she's uncomfortable because she's on a lead, she's got nowhere to go. It's going to cause me more problems and it's just going to make my dog very, very uncomfortable. Why am I going to say yes to that? And is the dog that is suitable to play with your dog fully under control? Have they got the other steps? And then you need to ask yourself, can this dog hurt my dog and can my dog hurt this dog? Again, if your dog is able to do damage, for example, Tiggy would be able to do damage to a chihuahua, I'm going to say no to interactions or playtime, like full-blown play. Like if they're coexisting, if they're running around, fine. But proper play and again you need to go back to engagement do you understand your dog because the majority of dogs and the majority of owners truly don't understand the way they their dog likes to interact with other dogs so for example tiggy not doesn't doesn't like a rough and tumble so if a dog is obsessively trying to rough and tumble her she's going to be very uncomfortable so i need to avoid those sort of situations she prefers running around but occasionally she'll run around and then bark, run past the dog barking because she's overexcited. Well, with the smaller dog, she can very easily hurt that because if she's not careful and she did it to a friend's dog, a different lab who's a full lab, not a rescue, and she just went full pelt like 100 miles an hour and he went flying. Couple of shakes, caught her into heel instantly. I was mortified. She was like, oh, don't worry thankfully and luckily they were very again another dog she only really interacted with like two dogs and even then 
she's only ever played with one dog in the last like almost 18 months so that just goes show you how much um you know <laughs> dog interactions are important and like get around and people are like oh my god she's so good and i'm like yeah she's fully socialized and she doesn't interact with dogs um but that is something i need to be aware of that if she was to do what she did to that lab to a smaller dog that's going to really hurt that dog so you need to think can this dog hurt my dog can my dog hurt this dog if there is then i'm sorry but i'm not comfortable putting my dog in a position to hurt another dog i don't want my dog practicing that and you shouldn't want to either if there's a fear of any dog getting hurt that crosses your mind avoid the situation Another good example is I won't really let Tiggy, if I was to go out and let her interact with this, say, this lab, because I don't let them, you know, random dogs, is um, if it'd been raining. If it's been raining, Tiggy's not allowed to run around because I'm scared that she's going to slip. I've known too many dogs that have slipped a disc in their hips because they've slipped on the grass and it's not something I'm going to risk. And are you confident that you can stop the player again back to engagement do you have that control these are the questions that you need to ask yourself if a fight breaks up do you know how to stop it and can your dog ignore this dog fully before during and after playtime another thing is your dog truly truly ready is your dog neutral and calm enough before they play that the temperature or excitement gauge isn't too high because if it's at level 50 already then is it the best idea will you be able to stop it if it gets to a level 80 90 if a fight does break out do you know how to stop a fight do you know how to break two dogs apart now all these things and yes okay you can overanalyze everything but it's it's the questions that people don't ask because people are fearless because they're not the ones getting hurt and they're only fearless until a fight happens but these are things that it doesn't take long for it to get very out of control i would probably not let tiggy rough and tumble with a mally because mallies are so mouthy and tiggy hates that so why am i gonna risk it if i had a mally i'm saying mally because they're so great like high drive but if i had any high drive dog and a very serious dog genetics going to my, my back to my friend she can't let her dogs play because they're already like a level 70 where it takes three you know three seconds and it's a level 100 very quickly and then again asking yourself when choosing do you know and trust the owner do you know and trust the dogs say no to random dogs and dog parks they're the worst place for finding playmates be consistent choose one playmate and if you're going to choose one playmate, then keep at it, but then practice neutrality, practice coexisting, practice calmness, and then play. And that play should be able to be stopped very quickly with a simple recall. You shouldn't have to grab your dog and pull them away. You should be able to just, come on, and then they should be going because you've got that engagement. And then ask yourself, is the owner, whether a friend or not, are they as into training as you are? Because if you do need to stop their dog doing something, will they be able to call their dog? Are they happy to call their dog? Because I know 
I've had to stop being friends with people because they'd think I was dramatic because their dog was basically bullying my dog. But they thought, well, let her go and they'll sort themselves out. Your dog should never have to sort themselves out with another dog. And it's very common for a dog to be very obsessive very quickly and miss subtle signs. So you need to truly know the owner and their dog and their relationship before you can let them interact with your dog. I probably need to do a part two on this because this is getting to be a very long episode. But you get my point that these questions are so, so important. Random interactions, random lead interactions are a big no-no. You need to spend, and let's recap all the steps. Step one, you need engagement. Engagement takes a solid year, if not longer, to build and maintain and to achieve. This is going to be everything that you need for your dog step two neutrality your dog needs to be neutral to everything this is the the ultimate way that a dog should interact with the world it should be neutral there should be no lunging barking push and pull effect they shouldn't be scared shaking nervous they should go into the environment and be calm confident and neutral step three can your dog coexist with dogs a very common like visual if you need one is pack walks when you've seen dogs a really fantastic train it's phoenix canine training she's absolutely amazing i'd love to come on to one some of her pack walks and one, one of my friends is friends with her and recommended like say how amazing her pack walks are so if you looked at her up on instagram at phoenix canine training you'll see the pack walks and see the coexisting that they're off lead and there's they don't have to interact they're just with other dogs off lead doing doggy things that's totally fine they can play fetch they can sniff they can maybe play together if they're compatible and that's totally fine then the final step step four playtime <laughs> have you got steps one two and three though are these dogs compatible do you know them fully can they coexist can they be neutral together do you know the owner do you know their relationship all these things that you need to ask yourself before you let playtime commence. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was definitely probably one of the longer ones and I absolutely loved it. If you would like to connect with me, I'm at Think Dog Academy on Instagram. And I'd also highly recommend if you'd like to learn more and how to achieve all these steps successfully and get 12 months support, then join the waiting list for my perfect It's not actually going to be called Perfect Puppy Program, but it is my program that is going to be launching this quarter, this autumn. I am so excited and we're going to be talking all about these things and more. And it's going to be perfect to achieving a very lovely, successful relationship with your puppy. So the waiting list link will be in the show notes below. And I really do hope that you join it. As always, I hope you have a lovely week and see you next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard. For more tips and advice, follow Think Dog Academy on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.